Dangerous Assignment, transcribed, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though, trouble. But when I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment's going to find me doing my level best to get blown up. Morning, Commissioner. You sent for me? Steve, as you know, our government has recently joined with Australia and New Zealand in a program of restoring and reconditioning certain strategic naval and air installations in the Pacific. Mainly anti-submarine bases. Sure, what about it? Lately, we've run into nothing but trouble down there on one of the islands. It slowed our construction schedule to a walk. Sabotage? Yes, last night a freighter was blown up at the docks in Rabaul, New Guinea. The ship was loaded with supplies and equipment to be delivered to the Australian project on Manus Island, as well as to our islands farther north. Oh? A dock worker is suspected of having caused the blast. He was spotted sneaking away from the ship a few moments before the explosion occurred. The Australians have one of their agents on the job... Doors Malcolm. Check with him when you get to Rabaul. The two of you will work together. It's vitally important to all concerned we put an end to this sabotage and get our construction program back on schedule. Well, that's it, Steve. You got your assignment. Good luck. National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful two-fisted government agent. At all of those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another Dangerous Assignment. Here's a reminder about Thursday's entertainment schedule on most NBC stations. There's Comedy Fun with Robert Young, starring in Father Knows Best. Roy Rogers brings you Western adventure and songs from the Double R Bar Ranch in Paradise Valley. Ralph Edwards presents another mad and merry session of Truth or Consequences. And Eddie Cantor recalls his years in the entertainment world during his show business show. Judy Canova invites you to Mythical Cactus Junction for 30 minutes of fun. It's an enjoyable evening of great radio entertainment. So be sure to hear it all every Thursday night on the NBC Radio Network. Sure, I've got my assignment. Get down to a ball in New Guinea and pick up the trail of a dock worker suspected of blowing up a freighter. He's our one and only lead to nail those responsible for sabotaging our program of rebuilding strategic bases in the South Pacific. It's noon Thursday when my plane lands at Rabaul, and Australian Special Agent Dawes Malcolm is there to meet me. Before I can catch my breath, he whisks me into another plane. I'm sorry for the rush act, Steve. This concerns our dock friend, Kawi, the Malay who wrecked the freighter. I learned he'd hopped aboard a ship yesterday afternoon, a small copper trader headed north. Do you know exactly where she's headed? Yes, here I have a map, I'll show you. He's down for this island here called Lito Sand, the fourth island in the chain. Uh, got a good head start on it. Oh, he's already arrived in Lito San. I'm certain of that. I know the ship he was on. She's fast. How big an island is Lito San? Quite a large trading center. There's a village, shops, several big plantations. 
chap could hide out for weeks. You don't seem concerned. I'm not. We'll have a line on car. We're five minutes after we land. Such confidence. Hey, you want a Ouija board? <laughs> no. But I have a friend in Lito San who possesses the soul of a ferret. I've already contacted said friend and instructed to make inquiries. As good as owning a Ouija board, though, don't you think? Sometimes better. It's early afternoon when our plane settles down on the island of Lito San. The place is not exactly a beehive of activity. A hot sun is beating down on the village and the streets are deserted. We hurry over to the trading post where we find Malcolm's rather large friend seated on a veranda. Large friend is comfortably settled in a wicker rocker, swatting flies with one hand and holding a tall, cool drink in the other. Last of the heat. So help me, Hannah. I'm going to pack up and get me out of here one of these days. Uh, you've been saying that for 20 years, Bella. You never go. Oh, now you watch. One of these days, sweet pea. One of these days. Quite. Uh, uh, Steve Mitchell, Bella Draskin. Hello. Blasted flies. Oh, sit down, Steve. Fix him a drink, sweet pea. How about it, Steve? Yeah, I could use one. Uh, you play pinochle, Steve? Sure. Hallelujah. You hear that, sweet pea? I heard. I'll send one of my boys to fetch the skipper of the Celibus Queen, and we'll... Down, fella, down, down. We've got other things to do first. Here's your drink, Steve. Pinochle players are hard to find on this blasted island. That melee galoot you're after ain't gonna run away. We'll have time for a game if these blasted flies... Where is he, Bella? Oh, out at the old Henderson place. Used to work for Jim. Well, I thought that plantation was closed down. Well, might well be the way that Smith has run it. Joseph Smith, he calls himself. Ah! New around here, isn't he? Oh, moved in about six months ago. Don't know a thing about running the place, if you ask me. Only thing he knows how to raise is a thirst, and that's often. Already he's got the place up for sale. And you say that Melee Cowie is out there now? Yeah, yeah. Smith hired him. Glad to get him, too. Not many of the natives will work for him. I'll run out there alone and sort of browse around. You said the plantation was for sale, Bella. Yeah, but only a gent with a hole in his head would be interested. Oh, I've got a hole in my head. Malcolm, uh, what sort of description do you have of the melee? Oh, he's a small man, approximately 5'2", slight build, wiry type. Usually wears dungarees and blue shirt, wool cap. A three-inch scar along the right jaw. Okay. Bella... Yes. Blasted fly must be equipped with radar. Now, how about giving Steve your car? Oh, you're welcome to the old rattle trap, honey. Thanks, Bella. Here. You'll need this to start it. Huh? A hairpin? I lost the ignition key ten years ago. This will start the car, huh? After you stomp a few times on the floorboards. Yeah. <laughs> minutes later, I'm wheeling Bela's two-tone Essex along the docks. I follow directions and turn into the jungle, head south. I whip along at the incredible speed of ten miles an hour for the next mile or so, and then the jungle gets thicker, the road narrower, the bouncing bouncier. I round a bend and spot three people walking along the road ahead. Uh, hello, sir. Hi. Is the old Henderson plantation far from here? You are on the plantation now. I'm the owner, Joseph Smith. Oh, my name's Mitchell. I heard your place was up for sale. Oh, yes, yes, it is, Mr. Mitchell. As a matter of fact, I'm showing these people the place now. 
Miss Devani, Mr. Schuster. A pleasure indeed, dear Mitchell. How do you do, Mr. Mitchell? Miss Devani, Mr. Schuster. Tell me, Herr Mitchell, you are an agent? What? A real estate agent? You wish to buy for yourself or is it for someone else? Oh, no, no, for myself. I see. The reason I asked, my fiancé and I have been looking for a suitable buy the past month with very little success. I thought perhaps if you were an agent, you might know of... No, uh, I'm sorry. I'm afraid I can't help you there. Uh, uh, Mr. Mitchell, uh, I shall not be long. Uh, if you will drive on to the house and wait there. Okay. Coming, Elena? Well, darling, if you don't mind, I'm tired. I think I will go back to the house. If Mr. Mitchell will be kind enough to offer me a leave. Sure. Very well. Come along, Mr. Smith. Uh, this way down the path. The plant is only a hundred yards or so. Hop aboard, Miss Donnie. Thank you. Oh, this is wonderful, Mr. Mitchell. I could not have walked another step. <laughs> I'll keep your fingers crossed. I still have to start up this monster. First, a twist to the hairpin. Then, a one, a two, a three, and away we go. Oh, quite an automobile, this, Mr. Mitchell. Yours? I borrowed it in the village. Not much to look at, I'm afraid. Oh, it is better than walking. What do you think of the place? I prefer to live in this city. Manila, Saigon, Singapore. Fine food, clothes, dinner parties, places. Yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, really? I like to move around, see the world. Have you seen much of it, Mr. Mitchell? Quite a little. A wonderful life to travel with the right companions. <laughs> Looks like a forward pass, but I let the ball drop for the present. We finally pull up at the main house and continue our conversation in the shade of the wide veranda. We're interrupted a quarter of an hour later by the arrival of a native worker jabbering excitedly. He keeps pointing toward the jungle, so I follow less than 100 yards from the house. He points to something in the brush. It's the body of a man. A man wearing a blue shirt, dungarees, and a very dead expression on his face. Yeah, it's Carwee, the melee dock worker we've been looking for. Brian Donlevy will continue his dangerous assignment in just a moment. Everyone dreams of a rosy future when they'll finally be able to retire and really enjoy life. Vacationing in different lands, enjoying the scenery of our own country, or just basking in the sunshine of their own backyard. Well, the dream can become a reality through United States savings bonds. And you don't have to be a rich man to afford United States savings bonds. Yes, you can buy a savings bond with a modest $18.75, or you can buy a savings bond for $7,500. But no matter what savings bond you buy you'll get back $4 for every $3 you put in. And it's easy to buy United States savings bonds. Look into the payroll savings plan where you work. That's the automatic plan for buying savings bonds, or if you're self-employed, be sure to ask about the bond-a-month plan where you bank. And believe me, you'll feel more secure tomorrow if you'll buy United States savings bonds today. Now, 
back to Dangerous Assignment and Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. So I finally locate the melee dock worker, Carl Wee, who sabotaged the freighter in New Guinea, but it's too late. Somebody's closed his mouth for keeps on Joseph Smith's plantation on the island of Lidasan, so I'm no closer to finding out who's trying to sabotage the construction of our defense bases in the area. Smith and Schuster returned to the plantation house along about then. I fill them in on what's happened. Uh, Mitchell, I think you are trying to make something out of nothing. A murder is nothing, Schuster? I know these natives. Probably a matter of revenge. They settle these things by a knife sometimes. Perhaps a woman was involved. I see. Elena, did you ever see the dead man before? Of course not. Smith, you and Schuster were together showing him the plantation. Well, of course. That is, most of the time. Most of the time. Herr Smith left me for a few minutes, said he wished to inspect the water line. Which I did, then returned to Schuster directly. See here, Mitchell, what's the meaning of all these questions of yours? Nothing, Smith, nothing. I guess I'm just the nosy type. Rudy Schuster and Elena shove off for the village. I give them a few minutes' lead while Smith gives me a sales talk on the plantation. I finally tell him I'm not interested and drive back to Baylor's place in town. Malcolm's waiting for me. That's bad, Steve. That's our one lead on the person behind all this sabotage. I know, Malcolm, but I've got a hunch if we find Cowie's killer, we've got our boy. Oh, this Schuster fellow. I've seen him around quite a little for the last month. He's got a boat, and he's spread it around. He's looking for a plantation to buy. That's right, Baylor. Malcolm, I'd be interested in finding out all we can about both men. Smith and Schuster? Right. We can contact Rabal over the Port Authority radio. Good. Where's the Port Authority office? Uh, just down the street, near the waterfront. Let's go. Uh, see you later, Baylor. Now, uh, you fellas, hurry up and get this over with. Maybe we can have the cable pin up. Right you are, sweetie. How long have you known her, Malcolm? Baylor? Oh, several years. She always been on the up and up? As far as I know. Why? Just wondering. She knew where Cowie was hiding out. She knew I was going to talk to him. When I get there, he'd just been killed. I see what you mean, old boy. Just a thought. We send a message to Rabal asking for information on Rudy Schuster and Joseph Smith. Malcolm sticks around the office to wait for an answer. I wander along the waterfront. Steve! I turn around. Elena is waving to me from the deck of one of the boats tied up at the wharf. Come aboard! Okay, Elena. Hey. Nice boat you've got here. It's Rudy's. He around? No, he's in town. I'm so glad to see you, Steve. I'm still shaken over that murder. He let me pour you a drink pitcher of ice water? <laughs> Martini. <laughs> you are shaken. Well, let's talk of pleasanter things. Here, here's your drink. Thanks. To us, perhaps? Why not? That's a nice perfume you're wearing. Toujours moi. Hmm? Always me. That's a thought. I'm leaving tonight, Steve. Always it seems I leave at the wrong time. Yeah. And that maybe you don't want me to leave. What about Rudy? Rudy bores me. All he wants to do is poke around from one little island to another. 
fun. Looking at plantations, huh? Mm -hmm. You said you were shoving off tonight. Are you going on to some more islands around here? Yes. Steve, if you don't want me to go. Uh, quite a coincidence, Elena. What is? The reason I came down here to the waterfront was to hire a skipper to take me around to some of the islands so I could look at some plantations. Steve, why don't you come with us? Do you think it'd be all right with Rudy? Ah, oh, we'll see that it is. Please, Steve, you come with us. Huh? Uh, okay, Elena. Sounds like a good idea. I'm glad you thought of it. Yeah, right now the deal's working just the way I want it. If Schuster's involved, I want to stay close to him, and it looks like my best chance of doing that is Elena. I go back to the hotel, pick up my gear, and head for the Port Authority office. Malcolm's waiting for me outside. We got a reply from my boss, see? Let's have it. They gave the plantation owner, Joseph Smith, a clean bill of health. How about Schuster? Not so clean. He's a former Nazi naval officer who was attached to the Imperial Japanese Navy during the war. Well, well. Two months ago in Saigon, he was acquitted of murder on insufficient evidence. Whose murder? A former Japanese submarine officer. Very interesting. Yes, but how does it tie in? Well, we're investigating sabotage of anti-submarine bases. Schuster was involved with a Japanese submarine officer. There's got to be a tie-in somewhere. Well, I ought to be finding out soon. How's that? I'm going island hopping with Schuster and Elena in their boat. She thinks it was her idea. Oh, now, Steve, that could be dangerous. It could also put me close to an answer. All the same, you've got to be careful. Yeah, I... Uh, what's the matter? Well, looks like you can quit worrying. Look out there near the end of the wharf. Well... I don't see anything. That's the point. They've gone. Schuster's boat? Yeah. When Elena told him I was going, he must have decided it was time to clear out. They can't have been gone long. Can you arrange a boat from the Port Authority? Of course. Come on. Once outside the breakwater, we spot Schuster's boat on the horizon. It's dark by now. We tail him to the vicinity of a small island, then... Lose him. We circle the island. Uh, this island is one that your government was planning a base on, Steve. They should have been working here by now, but the sabotage has slowed things up. wonder what Schuster will... Hey, hold it. See that little flare of light near the top of the island? Where? It's gone now. Well, let's go ashore and have a look. We move in closer. Cut the engine, drift ashore. We work our way through the underbrush towards the place where I spotted the light. It's a big rocky hill rising up in the center of the island. We start climbing halfway up on a ledge that's hidden until you get right to it. We find what we're looking for. Steve, it's the mouth of a cave. Yeah. Look, a busted kerosene lantern. That's what caused that flare of light. Here's the sand they threw on it to put it out. Right at the back, Miss Mitchell. Hello, Rudy. Keep your hands inside, both of you. It's my man Hans here who clumsily knocked over the lantern. As you see, we both have guns, and he is eager to make up for his stupidity. Don't tell me you didn't bring Elena along. I left her in port. The silly girl knows nothing of this. So you're the one behind the sabotage, Schuster. Slowing us down because you wanted time to find something that was on this island, right? Why? Something maybe in this cave... Did you find out about it from the Japanese officer whose murder you got away with in Saigon? You don't miss a trick, Mitchell. Yes, I'd known about it for some time, but Nakata was the only one who knew its location. 
Took me quite a while to catch up with him. Then to work my way here gradually, so as not to arouse suspicion. Mm, what is it? Gold and silver, Mitchell. Taken from Java by Japanese submarine in the early part of the war. Hidden here in this cave. Half a million dollars worth. Mm, nice haul. And the two of you will help Hans and myself carry it down to the boat. Then what? Well, let us say that you will become so attached to this cave you will never leave. Hans, guard them while I locate the gold inside the cave. Yeah. Uh, just a minute, Schuster. What is it? You seem to have figured out most of the angles. Could be there's one you've overlooked. What is that? You haven't been inside the cave yet. That Japanese officer you killed might still have the last laugh on you. Maybe he booby-trapped the gold. Booby-trapped? Don't listen to him, Hans. He's just stalling. Am I? Booby-traps have been rigged before. Very well, Mitchell. I tell you what. I will give you the honor of going into the cave first. You can then find out for yourself. Okay, sister. I'll go first. Wait! He realizes his mistake too late. I dive into the cave into one side. The shots go wild. He pounds in after me. I move fast in the dark, start a wide circle to get back to the entrance. I can hear him stumbling along behind me. I keep circling. I'm almost back to the entrance now. Then I realize I'm silhouetted in the moonlight. Mitchell! Stay where you are! I'm cooked. He takes a couple of sidesteps for a better shot, then... The explosion sends me sprawling out of the cave. See, you okay? Yeah. Hey, what about Hans? Hey, he took his eyes off me at the explosion. I clipped him. What happened inside? Schuster must have tripped the wire that set off the booby trap. Oh, brother. And me charging around there in the dark. Yes. Well, I'm sure the gold wasn't damaged much. We'll contact the authorities in Java about it. But just one little question, old boy. How do you know about the booby trap? Just one little answer, old boy. I didn't. You what? <laughs> well, remind me never to play poker with you. Well, I expect you'll want to be getting back to port. Uh, Schuster said that uh, Elena was still there. Elena? Are you kidding? I just barely escaped from one booby trap. I'm going to quit while I'm still ahead. Our star, Brian Donlevy, will return in just a moment. Now that spring is officially here, more and more of us will be getting out of doors and away from our living rooms during our leisure moments. And as the call of warmer weather takes you out of doors, once again we remind you that wherever you go, there's radio. So if you find your pleasure through a day at the beach, if your outdoor living means a ride into the country, or if your enjoyment of spring weather comes from digging in your garden, remember that you can take your radio entertainment with you wherever you go. And radio offers the finest in music, drama, mystery, comedy, and up-to-the-minute news. Yes, more than 22.5 million automobiles are now equipped with car radios, for Americans everywhere know that radio entertainment is fine entertainment. And remember, too, you can read and listen to the radio at the same time. Consult your local newspaper listings for the schedule of great programs this NBC station offers, and then set your dial here, whether you're at home or away or the finest in listening enjoyment. Next week, Trieste and the friendly game of checkers. I get jumped.
And that will be Steve Mitchell's dangerous assignment next week. Featured in tonight's cast were Ben Wright, Martha Wentworth, Roy Irwin, Paul Fries, and Betty Lou Gerson. This is John Storm speaking. Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell with Herb Butterfield as the commissioner, is written by Bob Reif and Adrian John Doe and is directed by Bill Karn. Be with us again next week at this time when Brian Donlevy, starring in the role of Steve Mitchell, will embark on another transcribed Dangerous Assignment. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis and Stan in central Indiana. Taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations so you get the product you're looking for. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.